0: This is a continuation from the last episode. Self and saying, what do I believe about me? I believe that I can lose weight. She's like, then I just downloaded one very cheap app that cost me $5 on Google Play. So, okay, 11.2 pounds. Thank you. That's a lot of weight. I'd like to lose 11.2 um, pounds. But she did it just in a matter of six weeks. Now the way she did it was, is that she stopped waiting for an external motivation and she started to be internally motivated and that's the way that you're going to thrive in the midst of this situation that we're in. You have to be internally motivated. So she had to start seeing herself and meditating on the image of herself being the size that she wants to be. So she used to be a model for a very famous uh, company. And so what did she do? She said that she took her modeling picture back when she was a, a very well-known, in fact, if I posted her picture here now from our days of modeling, all of you would remember the product. You would remember her face, and you would know this person as this gorgeous model for this particular company. So she said, I took that picture from when I was in my 20s, and I blew it up, and I put it on my mirror. And I started looking at myself every day as being that girl as being the same girl that can be as hot as the girl in that picture. And I kept saying, that is me, that's the same me, the same genetic makeup, the same person, that's me in that picture. I can get back there. So she started changing what she was meditating on. And then the idea of weight loss now became a revelation to her. She began to realize and have a revelation that there's no shortcuts to weight loss. That no matter how many diet pills you take or how many gurus you pay, you're only gonna lose the weight if you do the work. And she said, somehow that was her aha moment when she was like, oh, I have to do the work. I can't pay somebody to lose weight for me. I have to exercise. I have to change my own eating habits. And she had a change, she had a revelation that took place. And then that began to give her a motivation. It began to create in her an action that she began to take, and I'm not going to tell you what action she took so you don't think it's some kind of formula that you can pick up because you need your own formula if weight loss is your goal, okay? So I'm not going to tell you what she was doing. But she now began to see results, and that result is now creating within her this drive to get more results, okay? And I'm telling you, by next week, she's going to tell me another amount she's lost. By the next week, another amount. Why? Because she changed the way that she perceived it. So right now, we're talking about your mental preparedness and your action. And we said very clearly that our meditation gives us motivation, which creates revelation, which creates action, which creates the results. So if you want results, you have to go back and think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're feeding yourself. Think about, you know, some of us some of us need to succeed in our finances, but we're not studying things that can build us up financially. We're not looking at things, we're not, we're not doing the things that we need to do to make our finances thrive. So you're not gonna get the results. You're just gonna keep sitting there saying, many people are, are Christians that, that quote scriptures and they say, I'm above and I'm not beneath, I'm the head and I'm not the tail. That's a good start. That's your meditation. Okay, that's a part of it. You can say those things, but those things eventually have to turn to revelation, which changes your actions. I can't say a hundred times, I'm the head and not the tail, I'm the head and not the tail, and I actually become the head. No, eventually I have to walk up to the head of the line eventually I have to take position eventually I have to put myself in that place where I can be seen where I can be recognized where I can I can I can be on the platform with the places and the people that are making the difference in this particular area so again I'm talking about it's not just what we think it's not just what we see it's what becomes revelation to us what becomes real to us that creates the action which eventually gives us the results all right so I want to just labor on this for just a moment longer now um i have another friend that um that had a major surgery about um it's been about two years now and during her major surgery she had a six-week recovery period and during that six-week recovery period she got stuck and i think a lot of us might be in that place like my friend and that's why i want to bring this uh, story into into the so let's call my friend a can we could just call her a since we're not going to give out her name Okay, so we're gonna say friend a had a fibroid surgery and in this fibroid surgery. She found herself needing to lay down Have people bring her food give her pain injections Take care of her clean the house for her all those things She needed all the support that she could get during that six weeks But after the six weeks, she was kind of supposed to resume life. She was supposed to go back to work. She was supposed to be moving around more. She was supposed to resume uh, relations with her husband possibly. She was supposed to kind of, you know, ease back into a regular life. But my friend, uh, Miss A, got stuck in her six week period. In that six week time, She got used to the injections. She got used to the TLC. She got used to the care. She got used to all the things that were happening, and then she got stuck there. Now her body had healed, but her mind was still stuck in her six weeks. And do you know now, two years later, the fibroid has healed. The place of the surgery, you can't even see the scar anymore. But mentally, she's still in bed. Mentally, she still, it's, it's hard for her to do things. It's hard for her to work a full day's work. It's hard for her to, to really be productive. But before this, she was an extremely productive individual. And I think that this is something that may be happening to a lot of people during the particular crisis that we are in. We might be getting stuck in a certain place when it's time to move when our recovery has taken place, when our healing has happened, when our process has changed, when the tide has shifted. We're still living in low tide when it's now high tide. And this is what I want to speak to us about, not to get stuck wherever we are, not to get stuck in any place of, of, being, of, of not moving forward. Very, very important for us. Now, a lot of the psychologists and psychiatrists have talked to us about uh things that that are really affecting us during this period so the next tide that i'm going to talk about is the tide of our lifestyle the first one we talked about was the tide of our mental preparedness and action and so the next one is about the tide of our lifestyle okay so you need to start thinking about your lifestyle and start thinking about how you can put your lifestyle back on track you've had seven, eight, six, wherever you are, 12 weeks of isolation of lockdown. Now it's time to stop making excuses. During the beginning of the lockdown, it was completely appropriate to just be like, whew, this looks like a vacation. Let me watch all the Netflix series I can watch. Let me catch up on all the movies I didn't watch in 2017, 2018, 2019, because I was working like crazy. Let me sleep for 12 hours a day. Let me do this or do that. Or, you know, we had all kinds of things that we did to help us get through the beginning of the lockdown. And many of those things were useful because they helped us. They helped us decompress. They helped us decongest our minds. They helped us in many ways. But I wanna say that I believe that the season is changing and it's time for us to get back to something that's called a routine okay it's time for us to get back to something that is going to give us a sense of stability because this um, like like the video that uh, Mr. Nee shared in the beginning Mr. Nee shared a video and, and of course we hope this doesn't turn out to be true but in the video the man said that this is going to last two years so we can't spend the next two years watching Netflix for four hours or six hours a day we can't spend the next uh two years sleeping 12 hours a day or are playing board games online with our friends um yes we can maybe do it on weekends but we're gonna have to have a shift we're gonna have to have a lifestyle shift that adapts to new routines and i want you to write down the phrase new routine new routine because your routine is not going to look like how it looked pre-covid 19. many of us are still at home Many of us, our offices have reduced hours. Many of us, our countries have curfews. So your routine has to be different than what it was before. Most of us, our houses of worship have not reopened. Large assemblies, large sports gatherings, things like that have not reopened. And many for, for many of us, they may not reopen for a long time. So what does a new routine look like? Now I'm gonna speak Um, specifically to parents because I think this is important uh, for parents to consider for their children. Okay, you need to have defined routines about what are your morning routine, your mealtime routines, your bedtime routine, your sleep routine. Write that down. What's my morning routine? Do you know that as parents it's really important to have a happy morning routine with your children? It is. That's why in a lot of environments they have uh, morning devotion or something like that where they bring people together to think on a positive subject or think on something that is uh, spiritual or something that boosts and lifts the heart. That that positive morning routine is what puts people in an optimistic, again we're going back to the previous topic, puts you in an optimistic mindset for the rest of the day. So think about your morning routine. What do you wake up to? What sound do you wake up to? Do you wake up to a happy sound? Do you have happy music that plays in your room while you're getting dressed or while you're brushing your teeth? Do you know that what you listen to affects your mood? So we're going to start having new routines, but our routines are going to be based on the optimistic mind that we need to have so that we can have success, so that we can have achievement, so we can have courage. So what are the positive things that you can put into your morning that can make your morning more successful? One, starts with your bedtime. You need to have a good night's sleep. You need to get a good seven hours of sleep. If you have a good night's sleep, you're gonna wake up refreshed. You're gonna wake up energetic. You're gonna wake up not feeling sluggish. So it's important to put ourselves back into a routine. Even if school hasn't resumed for your children, You can resume a routine with your children that prepares them for life post COVID-19. Even if your school's not doing online learning, you can do online learning with your children. You can start working with them to start having a mindset that that prepares them for the future. So your routine should have a, a positive morning Uh, expression so whether it be a devotion whether it be something that you read out of a book that that brightens your day whether it be scriptures whether it be meditation whether it be prayer whether it be exercise exercise is a great morning routine it start it starts the serotonin levels it builds your your adrenaline and it starts getting you ready and energized for the day what I do in my home for our family and what my husband and I do is we wake our children up in the morning with something happy we don't wake them with, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. No. Do you like to be woken up like that? No. So neither do your children. Neither do your family members. So don't just go in people's faces and wake up, time to wake No. Give people a break. Wake them up with a gentle word. In fact, even in the scriptures, it talks about the importance of being gentle and quiet in the morning. Give them that chance to ease out of sleep something peaceful, something quiet, something that wakes them up that doesn't scare them. If you've ever been startled, if you've ever been woken up and you're like, like you get startled that wakes you up, it, it takes you a while to, to come down from that initial rush that goes into your system. So ease somebody in to their wake up, do something happy, do something peaceful, something that brings joy. Uh, then go into a time of exercise if you can. Um, exercise, we can't overemphasize how important exercise is for the human body and for the mind. Yes, just like someone says here, uh, smile, very, very important. Can you imagine how your kids would feel if they, when they wake up, their mom is smiling at them? Oh, my precious sweetheart. Good morning. Oh, you're so sweet. Look at how you sleep. You sleep just like an angel. You're going to have a great day today. What are the first words that your kids hear? What is, what's the first word your husband hears or your wife hears from you in the morning? Today's gonna to be a great day. I'm so proud of you. Uh, you're such a blessing. You're a gift to this world. You're amazing. you know those things start to get into their psyche and like I said earlier, what they meditate on now creates an action, motivation, results, and all of that, so what are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding them? Morning routine is important. And then regular meal times. I'm talking very simply and practically, and I hope that's okay for us. Because many of us have been eating on the sofa. We've gotten used to not going to the dining table anymore. We eat in our offices. We eat on the sofa. Some people eat in the cars uh, on their way back and forth to work. Um, so I want us to think about going back to the dining table and having a time where you eat sitting up where you have a beginning and an end to your meal and where you have meaningful conversation around your meal that builds family unity. You know, go back to the family dining table. It's a part of the routine that's gonna be very important for you to stabilize coming out of this pandemic. Have breakfast together, have a lunch time, have a dinner time, have scheduled times. Don't just eat at any time of the day that you feel hungry. Eat in the morning, have your uh, mid morning snack, your afternoon, your mid afternoon snack, your evening meal. You're supposed to eat six meals a day. I think they tell us light meals, six small meals a day. Start getting yourself back on that routine where you're just managing your time and you're managing your 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 nutrition. So your meal times, you need to have a beginning of your work day and a beginning or a beginning of your school day, regardless of what you're doing if you're homeschooling. You need to have a time that we start at a time that we end because otherwise your kids are going to feel completely overwhelmed by homeschooling because they're not going to be able to separate in their mind time for school time for play time for mommy and daddy time for meals no you have to give them a schedule in fact if you can write the schedule out and paste it for them if they're not yet reading paste it in pictures but let it be so they understand this is what we are doing her time, this is what we're doing at eight, this is what we're doing by nine. So the kids are even reminding you, mom, school starts at nine, you said we're supposed to start reading by nine. It's already 9.15, mom, you're not on schedule. Kids thrive in schedule, they thrive when there is a routine. So it's time for us to get back to having a routine. And let me tell you, as parents, you have to be a good role model. Because your kids are not gonna do what you say, they're gonna do what you do. So if you as a parent are not going to bed until two, three, four o'clock in the morning, I'm guilty of it. During this, uh, during this time of lockdown, I found myself sometimes, my days and nights were all mixed up. I was going to bed at six in the morning. I was waking up at one in the afternoon. Um, I was just all over the place. And I realized that, that when I was scattered with my schedule, it created a scatteredness in my children as well and then my children had a hard time readjusting back. So I'm telling us parents that we have to be good role models in terms of how we're going to manage our time, how we're going to manage our routines. You can't tell your kids this is breakfast time and you don't sit down and have breakfast yourself. You can't tell your children to read books and you yourself, you're not reading. So it's very, very important that we have a, uh, a routine and a schedule. Okay? A clinical psychologist named Jeanette Sawyer Collins. She says this, she says, knowing what to expect helps us feel safe and it helps us feel secure. That's Colleen, uh, that's Jeanette Sawyer Collins, or Cohen, I'm sorry, Jeanette Sawyer Cohen. She has a PhD in psychology and she says, knowing what to expect helps us feel safe and it helps us feel secure. During this time of COVID-19, what do your children need the most? They need to feel safe. They need to feel secure. So the way that you give them that is by letting them know what to expect in terms of routine. So you need to have your your routine set up, be cheerful with your children. I've already shared um, some of those things. A regular bedtime. So your bedtime is, is scheduled. Now you can find all these things online and I want you parents to go and Google this at the end. This is your actionable point, parents. I want you to go back and I want you to Google the age of your child and the amount of sleep that they need. So if you have a six month old, they need a certain amount of sleep. If you have a five year old, they need this amount. If you have a 16 year old, they need this amount. If you're an adult, how much sleep do you need? I want you to go back after this, your homework assignment is to Google how much sleep you actually need. And then when you're putting in your schedule for your family, factor in that amount of sleep. Some people say, oh, this baby's sleeping too much. That's the... This week's episode has come to an end, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook. Like, share and get involved. Join us next time.